0: Welcome to Talk About It, the podcast for HOSM's PCN Primary Care Mental Health Team. PCN stands for Primary Care Network. The HOSM's Primary Care Network consists of Honiton Surgery, Sid Valley Practice and Coleridge Medical Centre. The three practices as a PCN are extremely excited to be launching a brand new Primary Care Mental Health Team here in East Devon, serving the patients of Honiton, Sidmouth and Ottery St Mary. I'm Abby, one of the mental health and wellbeing coaches for the mental health team and host of Talk About It, the official podcast for the PCN mental health team. For our first few episodes, we will be meeting individuals who are part of the PCN mental health team or have been involved in developing the service, exploring their experiences in mental health and introducing the service in more detail. Today's guest is Dr Jenny Button. GP partner of Honiton Surgery and clinical director of Hosms PCN. Today I will be talking to Jenny about her experiences of mental health as a GP, integrating the mental health team into the GP surgeries, how we will be working alongside clinicians and Jenny's role in developing the service. Thank you for uh, for joining us and uh, coming on to talk about the new mental health team this morning. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I just want to sort of jump right in and ask you, first of all, can you tell us a little bit about your career and your your background and experience?
1: Mm, Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, no, thank you for inviting me today. So I've been in Honison, I think about 13 years now, um, working as a GP, initially um, started off as a locum and then uh, became employed by the practice and then um, in the last few years can't remember how many um I've been um, a partner here at the practice so um that involves kind of running the practice as a business and employing people as well as doing the clinical work and then latterly I've been a clinical director of our primary care network Um, so that's our three practices working together in Honiton, Ottery and Sidmouth so that's been really exciting
0: brilliant and what does your sort of role look like as clinical director of the PCN? So um,
1: basically, that involves us working together, doing some different. Um, bits of our contract so uh, working with our care homes is one aspect and then uh, more recently uh, developing a mental health team um, that is quite specialised helping people with um, emotional difficulties and social difficulties across the three towns.
0: And within your role as a GP what are your main experiences of mental health within your day-to-day role? Well, I think sometimes it's
1: difficult, isn't it, to separate out our physical health problems from, from emotional problems or social issues. So there's a lot of overlap, isn't there? So, so when somebody comes to see you about your, I don't know, they might come to see me about um, uh, a problem, I don't know, with their knee, but that might may have work implications or they may be a carer for a relative or it may maybe they're in pain and not sleeping and it's just kind of really getting them down and it might have aggravated pre-existing problem that they've got with say anxiety or low mood or just that's just a very simplistic example of how and we know it ourselves just just as you know lay people you know just you can't easily separate your emotional being from your physical or or social being it all sort of interlinks. so as a GP in particular I think sometimes we're in a, a unique position to be able to appreciate that because we're trying to Um, understand where people are coming from and the impact of a certain condition
0: on on somebody's day to day life or their emotional well-being. That sounds like a lot to unpick as well within the appointment times that you have. Yeah I guess you know we
1: know our patients quite well not not always but you know there'll be a chunk of the patients that I see or speak to every day that I'll have known for a long time. And actually, so you're not starting from the beginning, you're carrying on a conversation that you may have had with that patient for months or or years. And often the patient will know that, you know, already a bit about their family background or their um, employment issues. So actually you're carrying on a conversation and picking up where you last left off and uh, trying to address a, a particular issue that day sometimes or over a period of time. So that's that's brilliant about being a GP you know it's it's great and and, you know the town and the area and uh, I don't know there's a bit of an understanding already and not completely so you need to hear the story um, from from the patients but Uh, there is a bit of an understanding about what's been happening over time and the relationships that they have.
0: Yeah, definitely. And sort of when you're seeing patients day to day or um, over a period of time, what are some of the main challenges you see as a GP when um, individuals present with mental health issues within appointments? I think some of the
1: challenges are that, you know, it's really easy to do a prescription for somebody. And actually, I think the challenge is not to kind of over- prescribe when actually there are other things that can help the patient other than uh, than medication but those things might be harder to achieve so mm. um and, and may take a bit more time and effort for for me as a doctor but also um for the patients as well so i suppose an example of that might be might be sleep so we get quite a lot of consultations about uh, poor sleep and the um and, and it would be easy to prescribe sleeping medication for somebody, but actually um, often um, it can be a long-term or recurring problem. And we and, and a sort of longer conversation is around things like reducing caffeine and alcohol intake, exercising more, having good sleep hygiene. So that's a sort of simple example where actually it's probably best not to reach uh, initially for a prescription, but but to be thinking about other things. So, so I suppose the challenge for me is around having some more challenging conversations, having the time to have some more challenging conversations rather than just doing a quick prescription, um, so so workload challenges because we have to work at quite a pace um, but also sometimes we don't have the skills or expertise to help patients through wider issues around employment or finance or social or emotional difficulties, relationship issues um, and actually that patient does just need a little bit longer to talk through some more complex issues or they might you might need some expertise for example filling in benefits forms that can be a real stress for people and you know actually if we give people some practical help and some support employment issues are really common and cause a lot of stress um so yeah i think um the challenge is knowing who else to direct that patient to um to to get some more help without the patient feeling like you're just kind of palming them off to somebody else but um yeah, so, so I suppose I'm just highlighting some of the complexities of, of what a patient may present with, yeah.
0: And is it partly from some of those challenges where you've seen sort of the, the role of the new mental health team fit in to support with yeah. that? Exactly that,
1: yeah. Often patients may not have a very severe mental health problem, but what they are really struggling is is the stresses and strains of, of everyday life and sometimes things can come like buses can't they all at once and it's just a bit yeah. overwhelming and and patients just need it, not it's quite sad actually quite a sad reflection that not everybody has somebody they can talk to and and you know if you're living alone or you're feeling quite isolated no matter what age you are actually just having somebody to sit down help you make a bit of a list of what your issues are set some goals uh give you some practical advice about how you're going to um achieve some of those goals um sometimes a bit of what we call motivational interviewing so when somebody's feeling a bit hopeless so getting them to feel hopeful again um through some goal setting and things is, is
0: what um the, you know we would really value and continue to really value with a the new mental health team talking about that a bit more how do you see foresee sorry working with the mental health team over time i think i think it's going to evolve and change
1: isn't it as the team grows but Uh, I think we will begin to understand what we're really good at in terms of what the GPs do well and what the mental health team do really well and hopefully there'll be sometimes a bit of case-based discussion perhaps so we can say actually I've got this problem or or, this patient's got this particular issue how do you think we can help and so yeah some some live discussion I think may be really helpful and also for the uh you know so that that little bit of dialogue that might help patients maybe as well as GPs we can grow in our knowledge a bit about what else we can be doing to help patients when we have that contact they don't necessarily need to be speaking to two or three people if we've already got some knowledge so a bit more local knowledge about what else is out there to help patients um through working for, with the mental health team would be great so either locally or, or online and um and then also perhaps for the mental health team to feel reassured that they can ask patients you know that they can ask gps to to then consult again with patients if there's specific issues or their concerns or medication issues for example so perhaps a bit uh, you know as we grow and as we develop this bit more sort of team working and understanding
0: yeah definitely and i guess that's one of the really special things about the development of the team within primary care is that we can all work together really closely and have those um really great ways of communicating about an individual for for their benefit which is a really big sort of key positive of the team are you able to talk to us a little bit more about your um role within the development of the service from sort of that that small seed that's now grown into the pilot so I suppose then looking
1: back over the last 12 months this all started because um we realized so both us as clinicians and also um our manager, Sean, um, realised that actually a lot of calls are coming into the practice from people that are distressed, struggling. And, and is it the best thing for them always to be speaking to the, the duty doctor, the on-call doctor for the day? Or is there another solution that's, that's better for patients? So I suppose recognising the issues. Also, we'd had conversations with our local mental health team about the long waiting list so we would often refer patients uh, to the local mental health team and the the assessments if they tick the right boxes are pretty quick but any kind of um, support or intervention can be quite slow so so recognizing that often patients are like really not sure what's happening or where to turn and really needing some help and sooner rather than later because those issues are pertinent now so so we started off with that kind of need and then we thought about how we could help and support those patients in a new and different way, in a more holistic way, which is, I guess, going back to our previous discussions. And so we met with um, our local mental health team and some patient representatives who'd um, been service users of the of, of mental health um, services, mental health teams. And we met with... Um, uh, our local community trust who um who also employ some health and well-being coaches uh, we met with our voluntary sector leads and so we just had a really kind of big diverse group of people and we invited somebody in from our local academic health science network to facilitate to be like an independent facilitator of those sessions and we had several long sessions where we had to look and think about what it was that we were trying to achieve and how best it would be to achieve it and so that 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 was great because you know it was like a really good brainstorming session and then but we had some really interesting um points raised by the patient representatives that we we have hopefully taken into account so things like not having to tell the same story lots of times yeah. And multi- multiple what we would call handoffs, i.e., the patient being told, No, it's not me you need to speak to, it's that person. And that happening lots of times. So I really learned quite a lot by listening to those patient representatives. And actually, it was just really good to work with our local mental health team as well to think about uh, what else we can be doing to help people while they're on waiting lists.
0: If you're sort of looking at the, the mental health team growing over time and where we are now, if you were discussing, um working with the team to a patient how do you think you would describe the benefits of that individual working with somebody from the team
1: I think I would say I certainly have said to patients that actually you know it's a a a six session offer for you to um to have a longer time just to go through some of the issues that you're facing at the moment Um, somebody that would know who else can help um, somebody that's going to be able to listen to you and um, give you a bit of advice and support. So they, that's the kind of thing that I talk about, which might sound quite loose and quite woolly, but, um, you know, the issues facing patients are quite diverse, um, although they do fall into sort of certain categories.
0: Yeah, I guess, like you said, it, it needs almost needs to be loose because how we work is so person centred. It's, it's specific yeah. and catered to that person, isn't it? So that mm. makes complete sense. Um, And I've got just a few questions around sort of mental health in general to ask as well, if that's okay. Um, So, in sort of either professional, personal life in general, what are some of the methods, techniques, or activities that you have seen to be successful in improving someone's mental health? Mm, Okay.
1: So I think from experience, I think um, the biggest concern to me is when patients don't have anybody to talk to. So if somebody came to me and they were feeling really distressed and they said, Jen, do you know, I'm, I am I don't want to talk to my family or I don't have any family and I don't really have any friends I can talk to. And that for me is one of the biggest risks for deteriorating mental health. So conversely, um, having or encouraging patients to talk to somebody or offering that as an option through the PCN mental health team it is um, a really great way for us to um, it just really it just really helps for mental health and um and you know there is that old saying isn't there a problem shared is a problem halved or something like that I can't quite remember but the other thing I really like is um you know the mind mental health charity's five steps or five ways to well-being which talks about things like exercising taking notice doing something that's kind of beyond yourself to sort of help others so there's some there's some really great information, so I often recommend that and put some of that into practice in my own personal life. And I think it's a really great way for us to improve our emotional well-being.
0: Yeah, definitely, those tips are, are really useful. And sometimes mm. some of those things can be so simple, but we kind of forget or
1: mm. lose
0: motivation to implement them, and they can make such a difference. Mm, I think so or or we don't persist in them or because of other things like COVID and lockdown you know we
1: don't have that opportunity to go out as we did or to engage with others um, or um, you know if you're furloughed then your sense of well-being is diminished because you don't feel like you're perhaps making a difference whereas perhaps once you were through your work or through your social networks so um, that I think has been a big problem through covid and we it's much talked about isn't it in the media about the negative impact on our mental health through covid through some of these things and um yeah and, and that sort of feeds into to the recommendations that we have been making to help people improve their mental health
0: and sort of on the flip side of that what are some of the biggest challenges you see when individuals want to improve their mental health Mm, well I suppose lockdown would be one yeah yeah (laughs) you know um
1: so you know um yes you can go out and take exercise but a lot of people that have been at home are really deconditioned and it's interesting so I've been talking to um both elderly and younger people who are just you know they've not been going to the gym or they've not been out and about or you know the only trip out to the supermarket and you know a lot of people are just feeling quite physically deconditioned but they've also lost confidence and that's people of all ages that's not just the elderly yeah. um you know we have forgotten a little bit how to socialize and how to be normal and how not to wear a mask and talk to people and um that that is really difficult so I think COVID and lockdown has has hugely hampered our usual advice for, for mental well-being and um and you know physical and emotional well-being and there's a lot of people living alone I think you know that that increases our sense of isolation so people of all ages living alone and working at home you lose that social interaction so yeah there's a lot of challenge at the moment but I guess as a as a community or as a you know wider communities we, we just need to kind of relearn how to do some of that to improve our emotional well-being and resilience as well so then the the bumps of life are less keenly felt and I think that's one of the things you know that um, kind of Covid and lockdown has, has done you know is that for all of us we're all a bit tired and actually that means that when something goes wrong it feels really awful whereas before we'd been able to cope with it and you know yeah. and that's, that's true of a lot of, of things and people are ringing up
0: and saying I know it sounds trivial but I'm really this is really getting me down can you help you know yeah and sort of as we come out of lockdown as well I guess it's really important for individuals to know that everyone can can come out of restrictions in their own time yeah pace we don't all have to you know run to the pub as soon as they're open if you don't feel comfortable to yeah um yeah it's about looking after yourself in that way
1: yeah and I think as well you know there's perhaps some education that you know perhaps we all just need to uh sort of understand a bit more about how we I don't know how to look after ourselves so that we can you know build back up again in terms of our emotional strength and well-being because I guess we're all a bit depleted at the moment
0: yeah definitely Mm -hmm. and sort of talking about ourselves um as we come towards the end of the podcast I've got a few um quick fire questions to ask you so we can get to know yourself a little bit better um so it's called what is and it's basically some just quick questions just to get to know you a little bit more Mm, okay go for it <laughs> okay, so what is your favorite food?
1: Mm, Italian food.
0: Oh, nice.
1: Mm. Uh, what is
0: your go-to form of self-care? The bath. Do you do like bubble bath, bath bombs, oh, yeah. candles? Candles,
1: bubble bath. And um yeah, to ask the children not to start hammering on the door. So that's can... <laughs> <Okay. laughs> that's what they normally do. That's like, a challenge know. in itself. <laughs> No, this is
0: my time. What is the best thing that has happened to you this month?
1: Mm,
0: A bit of sunshine. I've absolutely loved
1: being outside and a bit of spring sunshine. Um, We're really fortunate to have a lovely garden and um, I just love being out there in the sun. That's just amazing. And we have had some lovely spring weather. It's been a bit cold, but it's been sunny. So it's been great.
0: Yeah, it makes such a difference, doesn't it? Mm, Yeah. And then on the flip side, what is a challenging thing that has happened to you this month? (laughs) I reversed into some bricks on my driveway. That
1: wasn't good. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I can't think of anything more than that off the top of my head
0: no um, I mean that
1: one sounds yeah yeah
0: I was in a rush.
1: It's, it's never good to be in a rush is it so we were late no. to the dentist and I was feeling a bit bit bad that we were running late so
0: it's all a bit of a rush trying to get out and yeah anyway <laughs> uh what is something you cannot currently do but would like to learn there's quite a long list of those <laughs> <laughs> um
1: oh yeah I mean like I, I wish I was I I wish I could do things like you know knit and use a sewing machine and be more practical (laughs) so that would be handy Um, I'd love to be able to speak a foreign language well I mean there's a whole long Mm. list of things that I find more of a challenge (laughs) Uh, what is your ideal day off Okay, that's again outside in the sun. Um, I love walking and running and cycling. So, if we're doing any of those, coastal path is a bit of a favourite, but I wouldn't mind, you know, I quite like going up to Dartmoor. So, yeah, wide open spaces,
0: doing a bit of exercise, being with my family. Sounds mm-hmm. glorious. Uh, what is an activity you do to switch off? Run. Lovely. Um, what is something that inspires you? Hmm.
1: I, I love hearing stories of people so um, I do listen I do listen to podcasts as well or interviews um, so people that um, I love hearing about people and what they've done and how they've achieved it and um, but more than that yeah so people's life stories. so I've been listening to a few podcasts recently um, and they've just been so inspiring um, people work like this somebody who worked with a um, with drug addicts in, in hong kong and I was listening to her speak about that and um yeah just yeah I just love hearing those those um true stories you know people that have, have done things with their lives and
0: um yeah it's just been
1: it's just really good.
0: Brilliant. Yeah podcasts are a great sort of medium to
1: listen to information
0: and stories aren't they like you can do it while you're running or walking in the car yeah, or paint painting sheds <laughs> nice you can listen to a podcast it livens it up a little yeah <laughs> and then uh final question what is one thing someone has taught you that has changed your life um well I have a faith I go to church I'm a
1: Christian I guess that's pretty life-changing and I, yeah. that started at university so that was a uh, flatmate at university and um yeah and so i guess i guess i thank her for what she's taught me
0: and that's certainly changed my life that's brilliant mm. well um thank you ever so much for joining us on the podcast today jenny mm-hmm. and talking to us a little bit more about the mental health team and your role as a gp um it's been really really interesting and just thank you ever so much for joining us Mm, it's been a pleasure thank you thank you for listening to today's episode i hope you've enjoyed it to find out more about the service you can go onto each individual surgeries website or follow their facebook pages and you can also follow us on instagram at posms underscore mental health team for information on the service events we're putting on and tips on looking after your own mental health